In this presentation, we will discuss personal property rents as it relates to a sole proprietorship that typically reports income on a Schedule C. This information can be found in Publication 334. Personal Property Rents If you are in the business of renting personal property, things like equipment, vehicles, formal wear, etc., include the rental amount you receive in your gross receipts on Schedule C or CEZ. Prepaid rent and other payments described in the preceding real estate rents discussion can also be received for renting personal property. If you receive any of those payments, include them in your gross receipts as explained in that discussion. So if we have the personal property rents, then it could be included in income on the income section, of course, in part one of schedule c and we have the same kind of information so if we we're going to rent something we might get a prepayment for the rental activity we might get some kind of deposit or something like that that then is going to be part of the payments uh, at the end of the at the end of the rental process and again remember that the irs will deviate even if you're on an accrual basis when you get a prepayment the irs sees that money in your hands and they say well you should be paying taxes on that if you don't have to give it back at any point in time we should take our share now, even though you might be on an accrual basis. So be aware of that with regard to prepayments uh, in terms of the reporting of the income. Back to the text, interest and dividend income. Interest and dividends may be considered business income. Interest, interest received on notes receivable that you have accepted in the ordinary course of business is business income. Interest received on loans is business income if you are in the business of lending money. So note that particular type of industries, if we are in the business of loaning money, then of course interest received will be much more common. It'll be a normal kind of part of our income that we will then receive. We loan money, we get interest on the loan. Back to the text, uncollectible loans. If a loan payable to you becomes uncollectible during the tax year and you use an accrual method of accounting, you must include in gross income interest accrued up to the time the loan became uncollectible. So even if we're not collecting on the loan, then we still have to include the amount of interest that we're not collecting on up to that point in time that we determined it was going to be the uncollectible point. If the accrued interest later becomes uncollectible, you may be able to take a bad debt deduction, see bad debt uh, debts in a later chapter. So note what we're, what we're talking about here is the income side of things. So what happens if a loan becomes uncollectible? What happens to the interest on the loan? Well, typically you have to accrue the interest, record the interest if you're on an accrual basis up to the point in time it becomes uncollectible. But we're not going to get paid for it, you might say. What happens if we don't get paid for it? Well, if you don't get paid for it, then although you had to report the interest and the income, you may get basically an expense, which is deducted in these expense sections with related to bad debts. We typically think of a bad debt as an expense, meaning uh, even though you, you can kind of think of it as income that we never received, right? If we were to receive money, people owed us money and we didn't get it, especially if it was related to a sale what really happened is we had a sale or income that's not really a sale or income because we never got paid for it. So you might think that we should be reducing sales or income, but that's not typically what we do. We, we record the sale and then we're going to record the bad debt at the point in time, at least under a direct write-off method, when it becomes bad. And for that, we have to go to the expenses and check out the bad debt section for that item. Right now, we're concentrated once again on income. Unstated interest. 
If little or no interest is charged on an installment sale, you may have to treat a part of each payment as uh, unstated interest. See unstated interest, original issue, discount, OID in publication 537. So you could take a look at that. If, if you take the standpoint from the IRS, if you have a loan that is out there and there's no interest on it, the IRS is going to assume something funny is happening because why would someone loan money if it was a free market transaction if there's no interest involved? The, the assumption is that there's some kind of wording in the loan that doesn't call it interest possibly, but there is, of course, some unstated interest involved. So if that is a situation, then you might have to call it unstated interest and, and recognize any interest on it. So if that's a situation that might apply, take a look at publication 537, IRS website, iris.gov. Type in publication or PUB 537. Dividends. Generally, dividends are business income to dealers in securities. For most sale, uh, sole proprietorships and statutory employees, however, dividends are non-business income. So if we think about dividends, remember what dividends are is typically types of income from investments usually, or we put we buy stock in a company, we typically get dividends, which is going to be some portion of the earnings of the company now for most of us dividends is not our business because we're not in the business of investing and earning dividends but we do earn dividends possibly in our personal investments and therefore we would typically record those if that were the case and we had dividend income uh, we would typically not be reporting them on the schedule c as dividend income we would be reporting them up on the 1040 in some place uh, for dividends for dividends and qualified dividends up top however if we were in the business we had our business of basically investing uh, then it might be possible that our investment business would have the dividends and be reported on schedule c so again that would only be the case really if you had basically your business your schedule c business was an investment type of business in some format otherwise for most people the dividend income doesn't usually get reported on the Schedule C, but on uh, the 1040 uh, up in the wages area in the 1040 and say line three, uh, qualified dividends and ordinary dividends. Back to the text. If you hold stock as a personal investment separately from your business activity, the dividends from the stock are non-business income. If you receive dividends from business insurance premiums you deduct in an earlier year, you must report all or part of the dividends as business income on your return. To find out how much you have to report, see recovery of items previously deducted under other income later. And notice that's kind of a general rule. If you, if you see, if you have a situation where you took a deduction in the prior year and then you get income for it or some type of return of it, you could think as we go through some of the tax situations that the IRS is going to want to do something with that. And typically the question is, well, do we have to go back and amend the prior return to deal with that fact that we took a deduction that kind of got reimbursed or some situation? Or can we take care of it in the current year by basically doing the opposite? In other words, if we took a deduction last year, can I just record it as income this year and pay taxes on it this year when I got the deduction last year? So that's usually the kind of thinking you want to think about in those types of situations.